Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome, everybody, to After Work Drinks With. We are so stoked that our first episode back from break is with Yari Jones, the incredible producer, model, and activist whose Calvin Klein billboard, which was debuted on Juneteenth in New York City in the middle of a Black Lives Matter movement and Pride Month, went completely viral, skyrocketing her into the spotlight exactly where she belongs. We have wanted to speak to Yari for ages, and we are so happy that she agreed to give us some time. Um, During our chat, we cover everything from Yari's major career moment last year when she was the first trans producer to be recognized by the Cannes Film Festival, to why it's so essential that trans stories are told on screen and that they're played by trans talent, how the stars of Pose were basically gaslighted by the Emmys by not being nominated, what it's like being a mom to the trans and queer youth in New York City, and how black women are constantly forced to be strong all the time even when they don't necessarily feel particularly strong we have learned so much from yari we absolutely loved this conversation with her and we highly recommend you follow her on instagram i am yari jones to stay up to date you can also support her work by sending her cash via the cash app and there are details on her instagram we hope you enjoy and if so please rate review and subscribe and we will see you all on wednesday see you on wednesday love you guys Hello. 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 <laughs> so how are you? Pretty good. It's early morning, but I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm in LA at the moment. Um, randomly on my way home to London. Oh, fun. It's like so hot here. <laughs> 7 a.m. and I'm like. This heat has been out of control. <laughs> I know. And especially because you can't really do much uh, at all. I'm kind of just sitting around my friend's apartment trying to avoid the anyone I don't know. <laughs> are you a born and bred new yorker or were you considering going home during the pandemic i yeah i stayed in new york i, have, I, I live here but um like my family lives in jersey so like i saw them like a little bit towards the end not really the end but <laughs> when like you know ray would get a test and everything like that my mom was not playing any games she was like yeah you can't come home until you get a test and i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, but most of the time I spent here yeah, in New York. So obviously we wanted to start by talking about a very exciting moment this year for you, which was when your billboard was unveiled um. in New York City. <laughs> um, could you please talk about the whole process of that Calvin Klein campaign? Because it was obviously incredible. Yeah. So... I always love to like go a little bit before it because it's such an incredible <laughs> like kind of like build up to it. So I actually booked another campaign with uh, a huge company and it was supposed to be like this like big thing. This company was trying to move their plus size um, like clothing into like editorial style. So it was going to be this big thing. And, you know, they were like, you know, like we wanted to make a statement and everything. everything. So let's say that was on a Tuesday, right? So on a Tuesday, um, they were like, yeah, we're going to wait until like Wednesday to confirm you, but basically you have it. So I told my partner, I was like, oh my God, I just booked this this huge campaign. And I was just like, it's going to be amazing. Like, it's going to be a game changer. And uh, they say to me, "Um, is this like the top of your like thing? And I was like, it's up there, but I would love to do Calvin Klein. So... The next day, Wednesday, I'm doing a show in New York um, and um, I'm in rehearsal and I get an email from that last campaign and they're like, the producers dropped out. They don't want to do it anymore. It's suspended basically indefinitely. So I'm just like annoyed. I'm doing a musical that's supposed to be happy. I'm singing with an attitude (laughs) Um, and it was just (laughs) annoying all around and that evening I had to go to Jersey to do something with my mom and then I get the email from Calvin and they're just like hey we love you we've been following you for a minute um we would love for you to be part of our family and the way they presented it was so just like casual and then at the end they were just like yeah and we have this campaign if you want to do it I was like if (laughs) Calvin if I manifested this I was like of course um and then we were just talking back and forth. You know, I'm talking to my mom, screaming, crying on the train. I'm like, oh my God, Calvin Klein is like contacting me. Um, and then we did the exchange, you know, contracts came out and then we shot the campaign and it was stunning. It was like so many of my friends that were in the campaign, um, which was really amazing. And then COVID happened. So everybody was like, uh, like, you know, they were supposed to, we we're going to drop all of these, like, wall postings all over New York and stuff like that. And, you know, the city was shut down, so we didn't know if it was going to happen. So they dropped digitally, which was amazing. Everybody was here for it. But I was like, oh, I want that billboard. I want that billboard. I want that wall posting. Because, you know, it's New York City. That's what you live for. Um, and then um, one of the, I think it was executive EP, I want to say that. I want to don't quote me on it, but um, messaged me. He was like, oh my God, did you see the billboard? Um, and I was like, yeah, Tommy Dorfman, it looks amazing. Like it's in Soho kind of thing. And um, he goes, um, you should see who's next. And then Chad uh, came out of oh the DM God. and just left me wow. there. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like nothing else. And then on Juneteenth, the billboard was released, which is just makes it even more iconic that it was released on that date. And yeah, it's been heaven since, you know, for my family, for my friends, my chosen family to see it. It's been absolutely incredible. You know, I got a little group together and that's where those famous pictures with popping the champagne bottle comes from in front of the billboard. 
I was going to say that photo went so viral. Oh my God. And actually we the, shared it and it went like crazy. <laughs> the person who shot the campaign, Ryan, um, again, late shot the pictures. Um, he was like, I'll come down and we'll like take some pictures in front of it. And then like all my friends came and it was just such a magical moment. I took my mom a couple of weeks later and she sobbed. Her dad, uh, my grandfather was actually a big model back in the seventies and eighties. So it was kind of like a full circle moment for her. So it's been a good response. I love talking to my Calvin family. They're like, people love this. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's a definitely a monumental moment. <laughs> yeah, so cool. So it came out in an incredible time. It was, it was obviously coming out to align with Pride Month, but like you say, and the actual billboard came out on Juneteenth. Same time, there was this incredible galvanization of Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. I was wondering if you could talk about how the, the global context kind of added to how powerful that moment felt because the history of activism has often left out trans women and men so i wondered if that impacted your feelings around it totally absolutely uh you know i always look at it and and i've spoken about this a little bit um about how that billboard serves as like a possibility model you know we 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 watch these movies from like the 50s or the 60s like what would the future look like you know in 2020 or 2021 and it's always like flying cars or you know like houses that flew and i feel like you know we're in a moment where we're we're where this movement is looking towards the future like what what do we want out of this you know what do we want out of you know our like our outcry, you know, what, what is the possibility? And I feel like seeing that billboard is that, you know, it represents the most marginalized in our community. And I think that so often big movements forget about the most marginalized in the community. Um, so I think it was very important for it to one, be a black woman, one, to be a black trans woman and to be a black trans woman who is plus size, you know, it's going against every grain, you know, every beauty standard, every, thing that society um, deems, you know, other, right? So to see that celebrated and respected and put on such a big platform, it, it really, you know, speaks volumes. So um, yeah, it was, yeah, definitely incredible. Some of the images that I've seen um, that people have sent me with like the protests, you know, that are happening, going across like with the billboard in the background, like, oh, just such like good like symbolic moments of like you know this is what we're fighting for you know that you know the movement can can live in a space where you know black trans women are being celebrated while they're living as well you know and not just in death um so yeah it was pretty iconic <laughs> and then there was um also that meme like you say of showing 2009 versus yeah. 2020 and there was a white cis girl on the earlier billboard and then you a black trans model on the right which also went viral um and that's obviously incredible and calvin klein's clearly making steps towards representation are you are there conversations happening behind the scenes in the industry as a whole that you know of that make you hopeful that this is more like a long-term change absolutely you know I, I think companies are starting to realize that one in general they should just be inclusive like you know period um but two on a business sense that you know they can't survive without being it you know i think for so long you know because visibility wasn't there, representation wasn't there, they were able to do it, you know? You were able to just have a white, skinny model and your company would thrive, you know? That was across the board. But now we're seeing 
that people are demanding representation, people are demanding visibility within fashion, within media. So um, yeah, you have to kind of go with the times, you know, if you want to survive in this business, you want to survive in this industry. But I also think on the other hand, people are starting to humanize marginalized folks, right? And seeing that they're worthy of being, you know, celebrated, worthy of being loved, worthy of being respected within these industries. So I'm very fortunate that I get to be a part of that transition over and really, you know, make it a duty, you know, for me as a model, for me as a possibility figure to make sure that it's not a trend, to make sure that, you know, it's not just for a dollar, not just for, you know, publicity stunt to make sure that it's it sits and you know and that we become part of the narrative of fashion there's obviously been a huge amount of um hype around you now because of this campaign but you're actually also a producer and you were entered a film at khan that you produced (laughs) which was a record-breaking moment when that happened as well can you talk a little bit about the work you've done in the film industry and just how it felt to be recognized Absolutely. at that level, <laughs> like Khan level? Yeah. Um, so like, I really don't consider myself a model, right? So like those kind of things have just fallen into my lap, but I do, I'm very passionate about the acting world. It's like what I grew up in. Um, like I said, I used to do musical theater, so do it, but um kind of kind of transition to TV and film. But the the message in my activism has still been the same across the boards. It's like, I want to see myself. I want to see myself. And and if I don't see myself, I'm going to push forward to make sure that I do. You know, whether that be me, Yari Jones, um, or whether it be, you know, people who share same similar identities to me to get inside the room. So yeah. With Port Authority, I came on as a script consultant first and uh, really like dove in into this kind of skeleton um, framework of, uh, of this film and, you know, telling stories that need to be told and make sure that they're the they're, they're most authentic. Um, so when I, when I jumped on, you know, I was like, of course, you know, we need, we need trans people, we need Black people to tell the story of a black trans person, you know, falling in love and, you know, um, and making sure that the, the world and the community is being represented in a good way as well. So, yeah, so, you know, that happened, the film happened, it was amazing. And then, you know, can kind of blew up. And um, one, I went, I went because I wanted to experience Cannes. Who, who doesn't? <laughs> um, but two, I wanted to make sure that the people that we were taking, you know, my lead actress, Lena Bloom, is a Black trans woman. And, you know, our co-stars were mostly Black gay men. So, you know, Cannes is a space that has not, you know, not necessarily been inviting, but has not um, provided space for people like us, you know, to thrive there, right? Or to even be invited, let's say that again. Um, So I wanted to make sure that they were gonna have the best time of their lives and to have a moment of real celebration and pride, but also I wanted to go there to protect them. I feel like so easily, you know, when marginalized people go into spaces like that, it becomes this thing of like perform for me, you know, or, you know, do what you do so we can so we can be entertained um so yeah going there and being on the red carpet was amazing and you know our boys got to vogue on the red carpet mm-hmm. in Cannes, 
And, um, you know, the head of CAM came up to me and he was like, you know, this is a big weekend for photographers. You know, they can make up to, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on pictures alone. And he was like, never in the 60 years that I've been doing this have I seen photographers put their cameras down to applaud. And that moment, like, really stuck with me. That moment really signified celebration to me. And that's why I wanted to make sure that what was happening. And yeah, to be on such a... Um, or to be applauded by such an audience. Really grateful for that. And, you know, just was a testament to the hard work that we put into, um, into, the, into the film. And um, yeah, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, that's so cool. It's, it's crazy with how far Hollywood as a whole still has to go in regards to trans inclusion. Like even literally, was it last week or the week before the Emmy nominations came out? And I just could not fucking deal that none of the Pose cast, it's like my favorite show, were nominated. Ridiculous. So ridiculous, <laughs> other than Billy Porter in a show that they're the main yeah. actresses in. Um, like MJ Rodriguez yeah. was robbed. So robbed. MJ Rodriguez, India Moore, just robbed. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. yeah. And it's annoying with this kind of thing as well, because like India Moore was saying, as you can kind of, you could go down the route of being like, oh, fuck the Emmys. We don't need these awards shows. But what it comes down to is money and actually being Absolutely. able to negotiate your salary if you have these recognitions Absolutely. by the industry. So, Absolutely. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's definitely that, you know. And even, you know, going into the modeling world as well, you know, if you don't have the brand names behind you, it doesn't matter what your book looks like. It um, definitely stunts you, you know. For so long, I've been trying to kind of like, dip my foot into this industry and you know people be like well who who have you shot with and it's like not anyone particularly big but look at my book my book my book was beautiful you know everybody would look around oh my god these are stunning these are stunning who have you shot mm -hmm. with you know so i hope we go to a place where the person the art you know the work is recognized just as much as the the hype of the <laughs> of the uh of who we're associated with or in proximity with so that you know marginalized people can be paid what they're supposed to be paid yeah and these institutions it can end up feeling i mean doesn't even end up feeling it is a kind of gaslighting when everyone can see that a person has put in a certain level of work or performance or created a certain level of art and it's just not acknowledged culturally i just i even just think of Jeffrey Tambor winning all those times a, a Golden Globe and an Emmy for Transparent you know and then trans actresses aren't even getting nominated in roles absolutely I I can't imagine the uh, ongoing emotional fatigue that would cause but I wonder if there are coping mechanisms that you either teach others in your community or have learnt for yourself to deal with the fact that it's just kind of an uphill battle a lot of the time yeah, you know, it, it it's kind of been, especially this year, it's it's kind it's kind of been like a a, a switching of directions, you know. Um, before it was like, how can I get into these rooms? How can I get into the front of these casting directors? Where now I'm at a at a space, and I see that a lot of you know marginalized people, especially trans actors, um, are going into is creating our own, you know. A lot of us have the resources to, you know, create our own, um, especially those of us who are in Hollywood. So that's what's being done right now and starting to brew. You know, I feel like 
COVID has given a lot of people, you know, time to um, to relax from their hustle, especially as you know, marginalized actors. Um, you know, we're also we're constantly looking for the next gig, constantly looking for the next gig. Um, so now that it's kind of stopped, you know, a lot of us are going back to you know our creativity that feels most authentic to us. Um, so that's kind of you know been like my saving grace throughout these last few months is really putting together my own ideas and you know bringing them um, to the resources that I have and people are like, where have you been? You know, or like that, or where has this material been? You know, so I, I think a lot of us are starting to realize that we have the power to, um, to bring our own things out and be successful at it, you know, instead of always chasing, you know, I think the film industry, especially, and, and especially the fashion industry as well, um, we are moving into a place where, you know, we're not just going to like, settle for like scraps and and little bits you know when we can do it ourselves um so yeah i, I think <laughs> i i think it's like it's more of a like a, a switching of mindset right than trying to to cope with what they've been giving us for you hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. We speak a lot on the podcast about expanding your media diet to take in stories different to your own lived experience. Um, and I think it was such an important note and disclosure when they said that the, one of the reasons it's so essential that trans actors and actresses play themselves is so that audiences actually sympathize with the actor's lived experience instead of just the story. Mm. And if a cis white man is playing the role, they sympathize with, yeah, like Jared Leto's story in whatever the hell that movie is. But if it's someone trans, it'll go one step further, um, which I think couldn't be more true with Pose. Oh, absolutely. I, and I feel like, you know, uh, us as, as actors, like me media will determine how, how we conduct ourselves in society, right? So I think it's important, especially like, you know, you know, uh, shows like Pose, you know, that are, that those roles are played by trans actors, right? Because, you know, you'll have, middle America or any conservative place in the world that are watching these shows start to connect with these characters and humanize them, which then translates into their everyday lives, you know? So instead of seeing that other person as like other, you now have connected with them on the show, which allows you to humanize them, which allows you to humanize them in public or people like them. Um, and I believe like, you know, that's how we move, you know, or how we progress, you know, 
towards, you know, just decent human interaction with trans people. Um, you know, Glad always says that, you know, 8% of people don't know a trans person, right? And it's like, why is that? Because the media portrays us as like other or something that you should not interact with or something you should not love or something you should not respect. Um, so when we have representation and, you know, um, visibility that is coming from us, that's coming from an authentic place that when we are portraying it or we're writing it, we're creating, um, you get real authentic, you know, stories, uh, storytelling. Um, which gives you or which lines up with the actual human experience and people are able to have that that real interaction and able to you know empathize or sympathize with you what was so awful about disclosure was how it showed as well that it's not even just about um offering a narrative so people have a true understanding of the lived ex experience of trans people it's also undoing years of negative harmful stereotypes that most people i think don't even realize they've consumed like I, there was so many movies and oh tv God, shows so in that <laughs> that you just you mindlessly watch as a kid or as a teenager from the comfort of your home your family's laughing you don't realize it's bad or damaging or even that you've internalized that until you get older and rewatch it and think oh no this is extremely fucked up <laughs> this is awful. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's true. It's true. So much of our films or, or TV or the butt of our jokes have to do with trans or have to do with transness in general, right? Um, and and we don't realize it because you know it has been made a laughing point or it's been said so many times that we're used to it. You know, it's even I think what has um, what kept me a while from coming out, you know, the only representation that was on TV um, when I was growing up was of trans people were on Jerry Springer or The Maury Show or South Park, you know, the idea of Miss Garrison, you know, my wife who's also trans speaks about how she like felt about Miss Garrison and what almost contributed to her transphobia because, you know, at the time we were IDing, you know, as, as gay and Miss Garrison was homophobic, you know, on, on TV. So you have this trans woman who's homophobic, you know, you're like, why would I want to be, why would I want to be part of that, you know? So, you know, those images, especially for young, you know, young queer kids, you know, that it, it puts a message in your head and you grow up, you know, with intern so much internalized shit, it's ridiculous. So. A lot of it is unpacking and peeling back the layers and then, you know, getting to the root of it all. But it all stems down to, like, who's writing this material, you know? Trans people aren't writing this material. Mm. Um, you know, queer people aren't writing this material. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the harm that it's caused over the years has to be undone before we even can really portray beautiful authentic stories as well you know some of us are trying to do it at the same time um, but it is a difficult one and speaking of growing up and not having um any representation on screen what are i don't know some of the shows or movies that you wish got more hype that you think more people should be watching in the mainstream oh my god right now hmm i think i definitely think you know things like pose um there's a documentary that came out um by a good friend called Kiki, which you know speaks about the um, the Kiki scene um, in the queer youth that you know have inhabited New York. 
Um, what else is out there? We're talking about cartoons. There's a wonderful cartoon called Shira right now on on Netflix that has um, that that I find so wonderful, especially for youth growing up, because it kind of dispels the idea of othering. You know, so many cartoons where you know the chivalrous man will speak and all the girls will fall down and be hard-eyed, right? While in this cartoon, you know, the chivalrous woman will speak and everybody falls, you know, like things like that. So I think those like little messages allow space for people, um, especially, you know, the generation that's coming up to really expand their ideas on gender and expand their ideas on um, sexuality and, you know, just even, you know, little beats, parts of it that will contribute to how they, you know, think when they're older. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely looking for shows that are just all encompassing, that doesn't make transness or queerness or any marginalized identity feel like taboo or other. I'm tired of the funny gay friend. I'm tired of the, you know, fat girl who wishes she could date, you know, the, the job, you know, and people make her feel bad for wanting to do, you know, I'm over that. Like that's such, like they're, they're old stories that aren't true. <laughs> um, you know, I, I want to see more representation or more media that, um, that is just gonna uplift the, the story, like the, the person, you know, instead of the identity. Um, and if they are going to use the identity, use it in a way that's authentic. So you've talked before about being a mom to a group of queer and trans youth in New York City. And now talking to you, you have very strong mom energy. You have very strong <laughs> settle in the room energy. And I was just wondering if you could talk to us about that community, but also about how you came to be um, so wise. <laughs> and calm. So, um, I love that. Um, yeah, there are, <laughs> there are an amazing group of kids in my life who are just, you know, they're artists, you know, some of them are not queer, some of them are, um, but just kids that are eclectic, that, you know, push against the grain, and, you know, I've adopted as my children, you know, and that is encompassing of everything, you know. If they need a place to stay, they stay. If they need some money, I got them, you know. Or if they just need mentorship or guidance, you know, being a person who's went through things similar to them as an artist, as a Black person, as a queer person, as a trans person, um, I can give them my own experience and help them navigate best, um, best as they can. But they are so amazing, you know. They really inspire all of the work that I do um, because I want them to have the least amount of trouble, you know, pursuing their dreams, you know, if they can just walk through the door and show their talent or walk through the door and speak their mind and be praised and respected um, for it, then I've done my job completely. Um, and they're also just fucking hilarious, you know, like being a, a parent, you know, your kids will say the damnest things, you know, so I love to just, I, I love the idea of free kids, you know, um, especially free marginalized children, you know. Um, I think a lot of them don't have the privilege to free think, you know, to make mistakes, to to just think wild things and, you know, and let it be. Um, I, I think that's why I, I kind of love the idea of like, uh, 
of like Jaden and Willow Smith, you know, they say some rambunctious things on the internet, but I love that they're able to do that. You know, I love that they're able to just explore and, you know, do crazy shit. And I want to provide that for, you know, kids who are not growing up rich or impoverished who, you know, need to couch hop to, to make sure that they have somewhere to sleep tonight. Or, you know, I think they're still, you know, I, I think when marginalized kids are kids who are in, in, in troubled environments, um, people tend to take away their dreams. People tend to take away their ability to dream. So I want to provide that for them. Like that, you know, you may be struggling right now. You may be having hardship right now, but everything that you want to do is still possible. Um, and that's just been my experience, you know, in, in New York, you know, gathering or grouping together chosen family. Um, you know, my wife and I speak about it all the time. Like, you know, we had to be each other's mothers for a little bit, you know, during um, the transition experience, you know, we transitioned together um, and we had to, you know, be there for each other in a way that um, our parents didn't understand at the moment, you know, not necessarily like they didn't love us, but, you know, we needed that quick affirmation and that quick, you know, guidance. And we did that for each other and did that for the people that were around us. Um, so that's how I became mother. Of New York. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it so much. Um, so, yeah, as you were kind of just talking about, there's like people taking away the ability to dream, but also there's like a huge discussion about self-love right now. And I think that's why the campaign kind of struck such a chord because it really radiated that. But then you've also talked in the past about kind of this pressure to constantly be seen as being strong. Can you talk a bit about that relationship mm. you have with yourself? Yeah, um, it, it's taken me a long time to to build a confidence where I'm able to withstand a lot, I guess, you know, especially being in this industry. Um, but it's, it's taking a lot of, you know, um, like we were talking about before, like peeling back, you know, or taking off things that people have put on to me all my life, you know? Um, and that was hard because it was, it was comfortable, you know? I was comfortable just being the oddball. I was comfortable just being othered um, because it's all I knew. People have always, you know, either tried to police me or separate me from the main group. Um, so now trying to turn those things or trying to turn those differences into things that I love about myself, you know, has taken a lot of time um, and a lot of, you know, love and a lot of, um, sometimes little white lies to myself, you know, there was a moment where I didn't feel beautiful or didn't feel worthy or didn't feel that I respected myself, you know, but I had to tell myself that because I knew that was the only way that I was going to be able to actually get there, you know, a little fake it till you make it as, <laughs> as one would say. Um, so that was, you know, if I had to get up in the morning and look at myself in the mirror and says, bitch, you got this, you, you, you're everything, you know, that's what I did, you know, until I felt it, until I felt that it was authentic and real. But, you know, once you start to build that armor, build that confidence, you know, people gravitate towards that and people want that to be your everyday. And I think that's what makes it difficult as well, especially when um, 
you're in an industry where people are consuming so much of you and not pouring back into you um, or pouring back into you that way that's substantial um, it's easy to burn out um, which becomes hard so you know when I made that post about you know taking care of the strong friend or not always having to be strong you know it it, it came from a place where um, you know because I was being looked at as the mother or because I was look, being looked at as like this, this matriarchal figure, you know, um, in my community, um, it, it started to create a, a wear and tear where I wasn't able to like replenish myself. So, you know, then I had to make the switch of really being um, specific about who I was surrounding myself with, you know, and making sure that those people, um, were pouring into me as much as I was pouring into them, you know? And I feel like when you have that kind of support system and love and people that are surrounding you, then it makes the job of, you know, being mother or being, you know, somebody people can look up to um, that much easier. Um, because a lot of us, especially trans women, black trans women, we've been doing it for years, a lot of us um, didn't have that kind of support, you know? We could put it out, most definitely but getting it to come back in was always, um, it's always a difficult thing. And that community is so huge online as well. So we were wondering how that extends to somewhere like Instagram, where we know from other people we've talked to, people can expect a lot of emotional labor from you, but from your end, and you might be completely inspiring them or changing their lives, but from your end, they're still kind of strangers and you're still getting lots of those messages per day. So how oh do my you- God. How Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's really being mindful of where I'm at for the day, you know, and being aware of my um, capacity. You know, it's, it's, it's been one of the greatest tools I've, I've learned this year. Um, being able to say, you know, not now or being able to say, I'll talk to you another time and, um, and not feeling sorry for it, you know. Um, I'm a person with a lot of emotions, so you know I always feel bad after I do things like that. But I, I, I always have to like remind myself, you know, in order for me to sustain this kind of lifestyle and to sustain, you know, being, you know, there for people, I'm going to have to take time for myself, you know, to recharge. Um, but it is very overwhelming, you know, on both sides. You know, sometimes it's the most horrific stories, you know, or, or people just sharing their experience of where they live, you know, um, and it's draining, you know, one person can drain your whole day, you know, and it's not their fault, you know, they're just like, you know, looking out for a helping hand. Um, and then sometimes overwhelming when it's like praise, you know, people put you on a pedestal and they just want to tell you that you're their everything and that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, so, you know, just balancing it and being appreciative, but also, you know, putting time aside to just relax and disconnect, you know, um, being around my chosen family. Me and my wife have made rules around work, you know, we don't talk about work in our room <laughs> um, or in bed, you know, just like little small things to help us like sustain and like keep going. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's become more and I wish I could answer and talk to you and give advice to everybody, but it's definitely not possible. So I try to find things in my life that I know will 
be a little bit more general where people can grab from, people can, you know, pick from the bowl, you know, and take what they need out of it. And hopefully it will inspire them the same way or at least close to than if we were having a personal conversation. Well, talking about putting you on a pedestal, we bloody both love you and you've been (laughs) (laughs) and you've been top of our list for like so long. We've wanted to talk to you for ages. So thank you so much. much. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely. No, it's been an honor. You know, I, I, I'm glad it happened. You know, we were going back and forth and I was like, I just need to find dates. <laughs> you know, work is starting to pick back yeah, up back here. So I've been doing a lot of shoots. So a lot of stuff will be coming out soon. Exciting. Exciting. <laughs> well, yeah, we're your biggest fans. So we'll just be sitting there cheering you oh, on. I know. You. And you have such calming energy. You should do the um, <laughs> what's app. What's that app you use, Izzy? The Calm app. Oh, yeah, you should do a sleep story like Harry Styles a did on the A meditative sleep story. I would love that. So many of my followers were like, you should do some ASMR. Yes. Just, um, just put one here you speak. And I'm just like, okay, I have to find a really good mic and do all that. There's stuff, you oh, know. 100%. Yeah. I'll resubscribe to that fucking expensive Well, launch your own. You. It's like $25 yeah. a month. I was like, um, Harry Styles isn't even worth it. Oh, my this. God. Yeah. It's like, how's that any kind of relaxation if you're just paying this? I know. This money? And Harry Styles doesn't really put you to sleep in. <laughs> Izzy was like, he takes you down the river Good and evening, then tries sir. to snuggle you. you. I was like, this is not for women to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, at all. <laughs> Soft one. Like, Harry, I need you to be quiet. That's why I'm trying to breathe. That's it. <laughs> okay. That's well, thank it. you again. Thank you so it's much. It's been super great. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Boland Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Boland Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.